It's Mark Reardon for C-Speak, the language of executives, sponsored by PNC Bank. Today, Michael Scully, regional president of PNC Bank, welcomes Amanda Agati, co-chief investment strategist with PNC Financial Services Group. So, Amanda, we've heard you refer to 2017 as the year of investment nirvana and 2018 as the year of Led Zeppelin. Can you explain what that means? So it started out as a joke with one of my colleagues, and then it really sort of took off and caught fire in a number of media outlets. So 2017 was really an environment characterized by low interest rates, low inflation, and record low volatility. And that created sort of a perfect storm, investing nirvana, if you will, um, which led to really, really strong uh, market return. Coming into 2018, though, we felt that the the backdrop was really shifting pretty dramatically, that the market was likely to feel a lot heavier this year. So we joked that it really was more like uh, the year of investing Led Zeppelin. We had rates starting to rise, inflation starting to rise. We had a big spike in volatility at the beginning of the year. And then we had a whole host of other sort of headline risks uh, kind of dominate the market psyche from revolving door of the White House to trade and tariffs and protectionism to geopolitical concerns to the Fed behaving a bit more hawkishly. And so it created a a bit more of a challenging backdrop in 2018 for the market um, with a little bit of fits and starts. And so we went from sort of this light and airy nirvana 2017 to a much heavier kind of backdrop, more complicated backdrop requiring heavy metal, as we had joked with our clients. So the stock market is now essentially flat for the year. Is this as good as it gets for the economy markets in the near term? Actually, we think the fundamental backdrop uh, for both the economy and the markets continues to be very strong. And so we view sort of the market correction or swoon uh, that we've had over the last month or so as more sentiment driven rather than fundamentally driven. So with economic growth in the U.S. projected to be about 3% for the full year 2018 and another 3% in 2019 and global growth from the OECD projected at 3.7% growth for this year and next, it's really hard to argue with the strength of that, that growth trajectory. So in our view, we don't see a recession as imminent at all, particularly on the economic growth front. But then when you combine that with such strong earnings growth that we've had really over the course of this year, so the first half of the year posted 25% earnings growth. Q3, although we're not fully through earnings season yet, we're averaging about 22.5% earnings growth. And so we think you know the balance of 2018 is likely to be very strong from an earnings growth perspective with momentum spilling over into 2019. So we do think that although we've had kind of a fairly sharp bout of volatility here over the last month or so, that it's much more sentiment and headline risk driven than it is fundamental. And so we're encouraging our clients to use this as an opportunity to either add to or initiate positions in portfolios where perhaps they might have been you know, holding back or on the fence previously. Amanda, in your view, what are the key variables in terms of the length and timing of the current cycle? So I think the the most significant variable and to some degree a concern is what happens on the capital expenditure front. 
So really, over the course of the entire cycle so far, we've had very, very low productivity gains. And we chalk that up to basically CapEx being noticeably absent. So at the later endings of the cycle, which is where we believe we are today, the key to sort of understanding, you know, whether we can actually extend the cycle further from here or whether, you know, the the end is sort of near really comes down to what happens on the CapEx front. We would have expected to see some fairly broad-based plans um, in terms of companies announcing capital expenditures, you know, multi-year spending plans, starting to see it by now. Uh, And so far in Q3 earnings season, we have not seen much of it. So there is CapEx occurring, but it's been primarily focused in the technology sector, really over the course of the cycle, and largely focused on building out the cloud. This year, we're starting to see a pickup in energy CapEx. For the most part, it's focused on maintenance and repair and replacement as opposed to investing for productivity gains and future growth. And so from my perspective, I think that's really the missing link, and that's the key to sort of how much time we have left on the clock going forward. If we don't start to see sort of material CapEx plans sort of broadening across the various sectors and industries of the market, you know, by Q4 earnings season, so early January or so, I think the end of the cycle is probably a little bit shorter and nearer than perhaps the consensus thinks. Where do we go from here? What are your longer term projections showing? From a longer-term perspective, our capital market assumptions, so our 10-year views on the asset classes that we cover, are showing a fairly subdued return environment. So as you might imagine, as the market has you know, moved substantially higher over the course of the cycle, our projections for returns have been coming down. They've actually been coming down on both the equity or stock side, as well as the fixed income or bond side of the equation. And so we believe we're actually entering an interesting paradigm where over the next 10 years we might actually see pressure on both equities and fixed income in portfolios. And it's sort of unusual in the sense that most of the time you get one side or the other of portfolios kind of bailing out the overall portfolio from a return perspective. But this is a little bit different this time where we're seeing you know, pressure on both. And so I think that's going to pose some interesting somewhat different challenges for investors going forward that they might not necessarily be ready for or prepared for. Well, given the long-term pressure on both the equity and fixed income markets, what are you recommending to your clients in terms of their specific portfolio positioning? Two key things that we focus on, one is asset allocation. The other is sort of the mix of active and passive um, strategies employed in portfolios. And on the asset allocation side, I think it's really important to remember that the markets are very complex dynamic systems. And so there's this continual evolving and adjusting that's going on in the market. So what has sort of worked from a return perspective or even an asset allocation perspective over the last 10 or 20 or even 30 years 
isn't necessarily what's going to work going forward. And so we spend an awful lot of time working with our clients to try and help them understand and educate them as to what the right kind of starting point or target um, from an asset allocation perspective should be. We start with goals first. So we're not thinking about, you know, what is the risk tolerance that makes you sort of feel warm and fuzzy or help you sleep well at night. We start with what's the goal or objective that you're trying to achieve and how do we think, you know, the best positioning and portfolios will get you there. And then we sort of back into what is the risk tolerance that you need to take or have to be able to support those long-run goals and objectives. So that's point one. What's worked in the past from asset allocation uh, position is not necessarily what's going to work going forward, and that's a function of this very subdued return environment we're entering But then it's also rethinking the mix of active and passive strategies employed in portfolios. And what I mean by that is the mix of index funds and ETFs relative to active managers or stock pickers, if you will. And we believe very strongly that just as the asset allocation decision should evolve as the market evolves, that we also believe the mix of active and passive strategies employed in portfolios should evolve too. And so where we sit um, in the later innings of the cycle uh, and, and really given sort of the subdued return environment going forward means a different mix of active and passive than it has been sort of over the lion's share of the cycle that we've currently been in. For our entire interview with Amanda Agati and more C-Speak content, go to camox.com slash news. C-Speak, sponsored by PNC Bank.